Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Daru podcast. And I'm your host, Modhoni. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances, and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. So today's guest travels and serves by sharing his story and life with young women and men across the country, helping them acknowledge their fears, tap into their potential and take consistent, massive action toward recognizing and embracing their journey towards optimal physical, mental and emotional lifestyle through proper and necessary mindset shifts. Welcome onto the show, Cedric. Hello, thank you, thank you for having me, Matani. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Hope all is well, and if not, at least you're not horizontal and having your body being viewed. Some of y'all will catch that. <laughs> How are you, Matani? I'm well, and I truly appreciate you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So as we have this conversation, one thing that I would want us to start off with is what's your earliest childhood memory? Wow. (laughs) The one that I recall being my first childhood memory um, was me and my cousin dancing in my godfather's kitchen to some old blues song, um, and this was in the late 80s, and all the adults were in the other room and they were playing cards and hanging out. Um, but that would be my first, my first memory that I can remember. That's a nice one, full of joy and full of laughter. So is joy something that comes from within or is it something that someone has to search for um, in their day-to-day living? That's a very good question. Um, Wow, really good question. I, I'm inclined to say it's an internal thing, but at the same time, it, it would be a journey. Um, although it's internal, it's something that you're gonna have to take that journey within to find um, and kind of pick through some things to find out where it resides and, and how it can remain inside if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I like how you said it's a journey because, you know, we are on a journey of, you know, discovering our greater selves and discovering our higher purposes. So with each day passing on, yes, yes, joy is internal, but at the same time, we are discovering deeper levels of joy and other aspects of what joy truly is. Would you agree? Totally. Totally agree. 100, I mean, 100%, could, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought you to this place of sharing your story to young men and women across the country? Well, that's a story in itself and a journey. Oh, wow, Mathani. 
um, really how we got to this point is, um, so I'll, I'll take you back to 2013. Um, that's where the real catalyst was for me. Um, because up to that point, you know, I had been in gangs, had sold drugs, had joined the uh, United States Marine Corps and had gotten kicked out, um, working in and out jobs and was facing, not even facing, I had been homeless um, and I had gotten fired um, from my job, a corporate 500 job after I was still in recovery from an aneurysm that they found in my aorta. And so from there, when, and this is all in a matter of a few hours um, leading up to the surgery, um, I just had a lot of conversations because if you really, for you guys out there, an aneurysm in your aorta, you don't really have a high chance of survival if it ruptures. Um, and mine was starting to grow and was about to rupture. And the chances of me even surviving the surgery were very, very slim. And so I thought, honestly, that I was gonna die. I, I really did believe that I was gonna die. And I had this real hope that I didn't, but I believed that I would. And so in there, in the waiting room, there's a point that they take you to an operation holding or waiting area and in this time i was i just felt a lot of regret because i'm, I'm thinking i'm gonna die and all i can think of was man okay you used to do all this stuff you have all these memories but what did you really do with your life like what impact what legacy how are people gonna remember you what's that dash and i had nothing uh, it was, I haven't done anything with my life. I squandered the time away and I always knew I had this potential, but I always thought I had time. I was like, yo, I'm still young. So I I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Like I'm still making mama proud because I've made it to a fortune 500 now. I'm, I'm good. But when the reality hit in, like that true death staring it down and I had nothing, I said, if I come out of this, I'm not going to squander this opportunity. And I remember waking up, uh, once all the anesthesia wore off, I was like, whoa, I made it. I made it. And it's kind of been a journey to get to this point around fearless. Um, I have a book coming out and being a mindset consultant and all of that stuff. And, um, and so from there, it started, I wanted to health coach. I was just like, yo, I gotta help people change their health because I don't want anybody to experience this. And then I got dual certification and so it kind of morphed into life coaching. Um, and then from there, um, I always wanted to speak, but I, I had that imposter syndrome thinking I have to have some major platform and be, be famous to make that happen. Um, but then I started doing, um, volunteer work and, and speaking in recovery centers. And what happened was one day I was at a gas station and the guy, I didn't even remember, he was like, like, yo, you came and spoke at the recovery center, man, I remember you, you changed my life. And he gave me the rundown on, you know, he was doing well. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so here we are now. <laughs> 
That is amazing. And I want to acknowledge that it must not have been easy for you to get to this point. You know, facing yourself is one of the hardest things that we can do as individuals. So how did you face yourself regardless of the, you know, the hard things that you see in yourself? How did you face yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to have to change something within me so that I can live out this legacy and live out this life where I want to share my story? Um, good question. Um, I, I look at it as I, I was blessed to have my why. Uh, I, and, and, and I'll explain that if, if we can unpack that a little bit. Um, but I was blessed in that surgery and looking at death, I was blessed with my why. Um, so it really just started out with a, that reason that I had to do something. And it was really just an impact. I just wanted to make an impact and show up to stop people from being in the position I was in. Um, it's really simple. It's, it was really simple. But like I say, some of the simplest things in life are the hardest things to do, right? Because you just got to show up. And then it's like, whoa, I have to show up. It's real simple. Um, but it, it really, really began with the self-talk um, words, just simple as words, because now I have a saying, our words become our beliefs, which controls our thinking, our emotions, and our actions, which determine where, we're, where we are. And so I call it the T, right? And so I, I started really diving into just the self-talk and meditation. And that's really, that was the precipice of it. Like I, I came across meditation and just tried it. And from there, that's where the, the positive self-talk, you know, because as I'm trying to quiet the mind, which we think we have to do, you know, I was fighting these battles and it's, man, you're just a, a dude from the neighborhood. You sold drugs. Like you, people were looking for you for like, you were questioned for a murder. Like you're not a good dude. And just starting to tell myself, I am not that this is who I am. And just really, really fighting those battles in the head with that positive self-talk. And then from once I solidified who I was, and then it, it was kind of future seeing who did I want to be? It was like I had a brand new slate. Like, and I, I realized that every day I get to pick up a pen and write my life. My story doesn't have to be the past. It, as long as I'm living, it continues. And for whatever reason, that clicked, right? Um, and I, I remember listening to E.T. and he had a story that says uh, about the guru, where if you want it as bad as you want to breathe, uh, then you will do it, right? Then you'll be successful. And I was like, yo, I got to find that thing. And then I tapped in and I was like, oh, that's what I was feeling when I was on the operations, you know, in that waiting room. And, and it just kind of went there. And, and then I went on to school um, to get the health and life coach certification and really started applying those things to myself. And 
the rest is kind of history. But that was the beginning, really with the self-talk, with words, managing my words. Yes, words are so powerful. And I hope whoever's listening will hold on to that, that words are powerful and words do you know, shift and mold your beliefs and your beliefs ultimately mold your lifestyle and ultimately your destiny. So you mentioned briefly that you have a book and it's titled Fearless. Tell us a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the book is Fearless, the anthology. Um, It's myself and seven other authors. Um, And so what we did is... uh, We're just telling our stories and guys, there's some very, very powerful stories, just personal stories of how we lived with fear and overcame it. Um, And that's that's the basis of the book. Uh, My chapter is, um, it's titled um, Fear of the Unknown. And really what it is, because what I found through my research is most people fear the unknown. And so I dive into like a chronological order of my life and point out different points where I was facing the unknown. And then we go back to the, to the T, the TEA, the, you know, my thinking and how those, the loop of either negative or positive thoughts created an emotion and those emotions created an action. And so I'm just kind of drawing that picture out through those, some of those points throughout my life. And, and, uh, and I actually added a questionnaire in there too, so people can find that why and find that thing that they're um, afraid of and how to overcome that as well. So tell us, maybe, maybe you have three steps or you have three ways of sub for someone to overcome fear and face it head on. Okay, great, great question. Um, so, like in the, at the end of my chapter, the, the one thing I, I want everybody to understand is you're, you're not going to not have fear. The whole point is to do it afraid. And that can sound cr- uh, scary, right? Or even crazy. But here's the thing. We want to first, we have to find that, that one thing, that why that's going to be bigger than any excuse, right? And, and so to draw that out, just for as an analogy, you know, we see the memes where people say, would you give up your cell phone device to live in, in this beautiful mansion for three months? And everybody says yes, right? So that's the why, that's the reason is, you know, you have this million dollars. Yeah, I'll give my phone up for a million bucks for 30 days without social media, right? But if I just say, hey, give your phone up for 30 days and no social media with no reward at the end, it's a lot harder. And I can, I can say I will for whatever reason, but then I would quit. But if I know I have a million dollars on the line, it's that much easier for me to stay in line. So the, the first thing is to find that million dollar reason that's going to be bigger than any excuse that, that will pop up in your mind. And, and a few questions um, that you're gonna ask yourself is, what's important? Well, one, what do I want? And be real and be specific and very, very precise. Like, don't just say, oh, I want a lot of money. Or like people say nowadays, I'm chasing a bag, I want the bag. No. 
how much is in the bag, right? How much weight do you, I don't wanna just lose weight. How much weight do you want to lose? Be precise and, and specific. And from there, we tap into the emotional side. What, what will accomplishing this do for me? Like find out what is it going to do? How is this going to change my life? And then we ask ourselves, what's important about that accomplishment? Because that's gonna be the reason that important piece is going to be the reason that you get up when it's raining outside or uh, like I know it's cold there, it's cold, you know, put on your jacket and, and go to the gym or send that email. So one, find the, you know, that, those three things, find that why, find that thing that's going to be bigger than any excuse and then create a plan. Like I, I, I have a system and a course called Parent to Success. So you wanna plan, you wanna look at your intentional actions, you wanna identify obstacles in any areas of opportunity, and then resilient repetition. Because as my mentor tells me, you can have all the knowledge on, on earth but if you're not doing anything, what, what does it matter? Effort on fire beats knowledge on ice. So that would be my advice. Find, find a rock solid why, create a, have a system in place that's going to systematically get you through that with measuring points and all of that, like the SMART goal, and then just hit the repeat button and do it afraid and, and understand that you're going to, you are going to fail. If, <laughs> if, if we really stop and look at everything that's man-made on the planet Earth, if it's man-made, it is a product of failure. I'll say that again. Anything on planet Earth that's man-made is a product of failure. So we have to understand it's, it's test the hypothesis. It's like a test in school. The only way you know what you have right and what you need to study is you take that test and you might get this one right. Okay, cool, I, I know this one. And then we look here and, oh, I got that one wrong. Now I know how I can, what I need to go back and study, how I need to recalibrate and all of that. And then just keep doing that, keep doing that. And, and get in a, oh gosh, have one of the most important things that I, that I now see, I didn't know it at the time I was building it, but that's helping me, that helped me get to where at a comfortable state and, and still helping me continue to grow is an accountability team. Not friends, because my friends are gonna tell me what I wanna hear and be nice, but I mean someone in my corner of like mind that's going to stretch me and push me to show up as the best version of myself. I like that. Someone to tell you as it is and to stretch you because we like staying comfortable. We like staying within, you know, a safe space. But by staying comfortable, we don't get to see who we can truly become and who we can truly become is our best versions. So what have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? Ooh, <laughs> during the pandemic? Oh, wow. Man, so much. Um, about myself, uh, I've learned that 
<laughs> Believe it or not, one of the biggest things is I tapped into my story more um, and really understood that my story is my glory um, because I haven't, we really haven't had a lot of chances to get out and mingle with people. And so it's just about that, that connection. Um, I also realized that I'm an empath and I need human connection. Um, it's because it's been really difficult for me um, in the fact that I couldn't be around people. And I was wondering, man, like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I being so irritable? Like, what's going on? Why am I so depressed? And it was, I, I couldn't be around people. And I feed off of that, just being around people. Um, but also understanding that I can create my own peace just by being still. There's so much power in being still. And there's so much power in being at peace. Honestly, peace is a compass that can tell us which way to go. And it just brings us to a, a, a stable place that we can just live life from. And I hope people could truly create their own peace, as you've just said, because peace is so important. So where yeah. do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? So um, a lot, a lot of uh, the outside stuff really won't change. Um, I'll still be here in good old Austin, Texas. <laughs> but it's like I'm, I'm so I have the blinders on so much and it's really just having more of an impact on, on being able to have that impact with more people. Um, so just growing that impact. Um, like I'm, I'm sitting here as I'm saying that I'm like, dude, you're doing it already. Cause here I am, you know, we, I'm in Nairobi, Africa. <laughs> like it's blowing me away just to even think about that right now. Um, so just to even have a wider and wider um, impact and five to 10 years, man, because it's not, I don't do that replanning until my birthday, which is 10 July, honestly. Um, so I don't actually have a number of books that I'm gonna have, uh, but I know I'll have multiple books, multiple, multiple books and a kid's book, um, which is, cause that's the scariest thing on my radar right now, um, which is telling, which is an indicator that I need to do it. So I'll have a kid's book out, and a bigger impact and um, just continuing to stay busy on, on college campuses, high schools, podcasts, um, just showing up <laughs> and telling my story and with the hopes that it'll help at least one person. Yes, as you said, your story is your glory, but you've touched on something and I just want to see if you can shed some more light on it. Why <laughs> are you scared about the kids book? What about it that, has, <laughs> you know, triggered you and said, uh-uh, this one I have to face? See, well, one, what I've realized now is when there's something that I, that I want to do and it scares me, that lets me know that it's something really, really big on the other side. Um, so that's why I have to do it. But what scares me about it is <laughs> really kids. Um, kids are brutal. 
<laughs> because they're just honest. You know, they don't have anything holding them back. If they don't like it, they're going to tell you. Um, and I've never really had to stop and dive into my work. You know, if it's here or I'm on stage, I can dive in and give it to somebody on my level. Um, but one of my mentors told me, man, you have to get to a point to where any of your material, you should be able to have it as engaging to where a child can understand it and enjoy it at the same time, your, your niche group can understand and enjoy it all at the same time. And so I never really had to do that. And just the whole concept of that scares me, um, you know, cause imposter syndrome, um, all of the all of the thoughts <laughs> you know, i've never written a kid's book what if they don't like it what if it flops you know all the normal fear-based stuff and so i gotta practice what i preach <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure you shall write the book and it shall be published and the children will love the book so if your younger self was seated across you right now what would you tell him good question two things your circumstances doesn't have to dictate who and where you are. And number two, no matter what it is you want to do in your life, do it afraid. And three, if you're afraid to do it, that's an indicator that you should do it because there's a very big reward on the other side. Yes, there's a bigger reward on the other side. And just to switch gears a little bit, if you could interview someone dead or alive, who would you interview? Wow, Mathana, you bringing the heat, huh? <laughs> okay. Oh, man. And, and I have a podcast and I've asked that question. Nobody has ever asked me that question. Dang, good question. Dead or alive? Probably Marcus Garvey. And why him? Well, with the with all the social unrest, especially, I mean, it's everywhere. Um, but we, you know, with George Floyd and all of that um, that happened here, and, and really shed a light on things. I um, mean, just listening to some of his writings, um, some you know, some of his speeches, it would just be interesting to get his take on the progression of our race in these times because if he was alive he would you know he would be witnessing all of this so it would be really cool to see his take on it and, and kind of get some advice on how to embrace you know my my blackness and and how to use what I do, my platform, to also um, advance our, to advance our, our race as in humans, um, and also the, the African American race as well, people of color. Um, so yeah, it, it would be kind of interesting to sit and chat with him. Good choice, good that. choice. And if you had 30 seconds to say one sentence, to say whatever that's on your heart, what would you say? 
please understand that your words have power because those same words will become your beliefs, which ultimately controls your thinking, your emotions, and your actions, which will have a direct impact on where you are in your life, period. I like that. And in closing, is there anything else that you'd like to say that you feel that wasn't said? So much, <laughs> so much the time flies is, is, is whoever, whoever is listening to this, um, I, I'll, I can't feel your situation because I've, I've never gone through what you're going through, but everybody's, everybody's go through, whatever it is, is hard for them. And I get that. And I don't really want you guys to learn from me, but through me. And it's, it, it, and it's my sincerest hope that you can understand that being a, a, a gangster and, and being locked up, um, not having your father in your life, sexual abuse, being kicked out of the military, whatever your story is, divorced or even if you can't have kids, I don't care what it is, what your past background is, your life can magically change because God, the universe, and we'll just say that which is great, whatever created this whole world created you and everything in it. I don't care what name you call it or him or whatever. You have that same divine power. If I can go from sleeping in the backseat of my car, being homeless, making $150 a day, which isn't much. I mean, it's more than some, but it's not much. But if I can go from that and taking a bath, a shower and baths and sinks in, in corner stores to now being on world stages, anybody could do it because we are all given the same 24 hours. Warren Buffett is no different than me. The only thing is he has a different type of routine and mentality, and we can adopt that. We, you can adopt that. Find somebody to help. You can reach out to me. I'm sure Mathani knows plenty of people that can help you find what it is you need to find so you can have the life you want to live. We weren't put here to to be stressed out, to be sad, angry, whatever the feels. We were put here to enjoy, to multiply, to love, to experience. And we can't do that if we're being stuck in that old story. And every day you get to rewrite it. I'm no longer, I'm a former gang member. I'm no longer a gang member. I'm no longer a drug dealer. I'm a healer now. I call myself, I'm a, I'm a hope dealer now. I sell hope. I give hugs. You know, um, I, I look forward to whatever goodness is, is coming my way. So I have great days for most, most days because I expect it. 
and I look for it and you can do it. You can do it too. Yeah, okay. And now Sid steps down off his soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for, you know, being a hope dealer and just reassuring people, whatever their story is, their past doesn't define them and they can rewrite it every single day and become someone they could not even have imagined, you know, five years ago, but it is possible. It all starts with your mind. So until yeah. next time, dear listeners, I hope you can hold on to a few words. For me, I'm going to hold on to my story is my glory. So until next time, stay safe, everybody. <laughs>